0: I was asked to do some talking at Equivist Church Auckland, hence here I am, and they asked me to do tonight, this morning, tonight, uh, and then two Sundays in September, morning, night. So that added up to six sessions, right? If you know anything about efficiency and communication, preparing six different messages is really tiring and consuming. So I decided just to prepare one really big one, and we'll just eat it in bites, is that all right? So if you weren't here this morning, you just need to figure out um, how to get the recording. Probably you, if you're younger than me, you could just Google it, eh? If you're my age or older, talk to the hosting team and they'll pick out their phone and they'll show you how to Google, right? Uh, they'll, be, they'll, they'll be somewhere online somewhere, Maybe. After, the, after vetting, after it's been vetted and carefully edited, right? But the thing I want to talk about is um, uh, my title for it. At the moment, it's a working title. It will change as we go through, no doubt, because I'm, I'm already not happy with it. Even this morning, I didn't tell people the title. It's called Mount Flourishing. Yeah? Yeah, people, are, that's some nods, some nods. I was going to call it Flourishing in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and, but people explained to me that it's not a sentence, but it still is what I meant in We're going to flourish inside the sermon on the mount. Uh, Anyhow, mount flourishing. And one of the key ideas is this, is the word blessed. Everyone say blessed. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed. Hey, 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 yeah, you know what. Um, Blessed is an interesting word. And one of the things about this word, it's a really, really old idea, old word. And then in the modern era, because it's an old word, it means lots of things. Here's the deal. In olden times, they had less words. That's just true. I'm sorry to say it's just true. They had very few words. So they used words, and they packed them full of meaning. Now we've got lots and lots of words, and what do they mean? Very, very little, right? And this is one of those words that's packed full of meaning, and it gets used... Not incorrectly by Christians today, but it gets used in a shallow way sometimes, right? So sometimes you'll see on Instagram, you know, Scott will post a photograph of his new Ferrari, and it's just like, hashtag blessed, right? Who's seen those sort of posts from Pastor Scott, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, here the deal with blessing is blessing's got nothing to do with things, like nothing to do with stuff, Right? But in the modern world, we, when I say, hey, God's going to give you some blessings, you're like, yeah, sweet. That means stuff. Right? You just hold it. We, we, you just need to be really careful when God says he's going to bless you. And you'll find that out, right? Because blessing is a state of being. It's not stuff. It's a state of being, right? And it's a way of living. And those two work together like this. It's a state of being that creates a way of living, The simplest example is that if I have a state of being that is happy, my way of state of being happy, way of living smile, right? So state of being blessed has a way of living that goes along with it, right? And to be blessed is to be in correct, and by correct I mean functioning, I mean in tune, right? So like a musical instrument in tune, Right, it's not it's not evil if it's out of tune. Eh? It just needs stretching or loosening to get in tune. Blessed is the state of being where we're in tune with the highest possible reality. Right, which is God, the Creator of all things. When we're in tune with Him, right, that puts us in a state of being that shapes our way of living. Right. Okay, so in the Sermon on the Mount, it starts with this idea, blessed. It says this, he went up and saw the crowds. When he saw the crowds, he saw a big crowd. So think, big crowd, all sorts of different people all moving around, people shouting, people talking, people selling kebabs, massive crowd, right? It says this, that he went up on the mountain, and then he sat down, and that means a lot, he sat down, and then his disciples came to him. So where did the disciples go? The disciples come up the mountain as well. So Jesus goes to the top, the disciples move towards him, right? And then he starts speaking to everybody, right? He's speaking to them, he's teaching them, the crowds. And he begins with the idea, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And then he blasts on for three chapters, right? That's not a 25-minute message, right? Three chapters, he gets cracking, right? Um, So blessed... One of the modern words that I think goes with blessed is this word flourishing, which we talk a lot about in the mental health space, that things are working well. It's the idea that you're in tune with yourself, you're in tune with other people, you're in tune with the universe. Right? It's just another word for the highest possible reality. We happen to know his name. That's the only difference between us and non-Christians, right? We happen to know a name that goes with the highest possible reality, right? Or, Or, or just let's be fair, we have a name and we attach it to that highest possibility. That's also possible, right? Because we don't actually know. But what we have found out over 10,000 years of human history is that when you live as if you've got a relationship with the highest possible reality, everything begins to flow and you're blessed. You start to flourish. So the truth is that as we engage with the highest possible reality, we begin to flourish. That's how humans work. That's why when you look at the far, the top of far, one of the tops of the house is spiritual well-being. What's your relationship with the highest possible reality? Because if you don't have some sort of relationship with the highest possible reality, your house, it's got a flat roof and it will leak. Okay, cool. Moving on. The other idea that's in this Sermon on the Mount is that's really important is this one, which is purple. It's a purple idea. Uh, And it's the the house on the rock. You've probably all heard the story at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, everyone who listens to what I say and does it is building the house on a firm foundation rock. So when a storm comes, it doesn't fall over. So the modern word that sort of goes with that, skip two slides, is this idea of resilience. Who's heard of the idea of resilience? Now, they're not exactly the same sort of ideas because the house on the rock has got this stronger base to it. You have this strong base, and then you build a resilient life on top of a strong base. So the idea I want to unpack across the next few minutes tonight and then uh, next month when I'm here again is the idea that if we can engage with Jesus— And somehow put it into practice. So engage with Jesus, the highest possible reality, and then also do what he says, which is the, it's getting down to the lowest possible realities. Right. If we can somehow connect the dots between where we are, lowest possible realities, human beings with our feet on the ground, to the highest possible realities, that we're going to be blessed and we're going to flourish, is that modern word, and we're going to have a strong foundation and be resilient in our world. Some of you are not old enough to know this yet, but terrible things happen. You know what we say at New Year's all the time or someone's birthday? It's going to be the best year ever. Can you guarantee that? If you think it's you know well it could be the best year ever, so you might as well say something nice. It's going to be the best year ever. You could equally accurately say this is could be the worst year ever, right? (laughs) So really, at New Year's, what we need to do is have a have a dance, have a sing, count down, kiss someone, sing old lang syne, right, and then just tell each other, get ready. It could either be the very best year ever or the very best or the very worst year ever, right? But if we've got a connection to the highest possible reality that goes right down to the dirt of our life, we can trust that we're in the strongest possible position we could be when the bad things happen, right? Point number one, which I've stolen from this morning's service, and you're allowed to steal material from your own messages. <laughs> Hey, actually, you're allowed to steal material from anybody's messages, right? But you need to pay me if you steal material from my messages, right? It costs 10 cents every time you use it. Okay, so point number one is there is up. There is such a thing as up. There are better things than other things. Some things are more valuable than other things. We're not all on the same level. Things aren't all on the same level. Behaviors aren't all on the same level. hairstyles are not all on the same level there's only one person who put real effort in tonight. No, no one else has got green hair. What are you doing? Come on. We need, right? Come up to a higher level, right? I'm the only one. Who else has got bright yellow shoes? Come on. There's a bigger, better way to live your life, right? Take it from my sister and me, right? You can live a bigger life. You just need to branch out, right? Now, we're not all on the same level. Things aren't all on the same level. Behaviors are not all on the same level. Lifestyles are not all on the same level. Different sexualities are not all on the same level. Hold your breath. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Some of them are more valuable than others. Right? Some produce extra life. Some build families. The sexualities that build, produce life and build families, whether you believe me or not, the facts are those sexualities make better nations okay there are studies I'm not going to cite them but there are studies right message me I'll email you them right those sexual... now I'm not you'll get this by the end so please hold your, hold your rotten fruit till the end right hold your rotten fruit to the end now we believe there is such a thing as up and there is such a thing as down doesn't matter if you're at the bottom because in comparison to Jesus, where are we all? Right? So we don't get to look down on others, and you'll see as we go that why that's true. And if you're still panicking, you need to listen to all of this morning's service, where I'll unpack it a little bit more. There is such thing as up, and then because, just because of how the world works, as soon as you have up and a down, you get a hierarchy. Because most people are not good at most things and some people are very good at some things we could prove it let's do let's do an arm wrestle competition there's one person in the room who can beat all of us right and most of us can't beat anybody else we just have to beat each other at the bottom right am i right Right, and that's not just how arm wrestling works. Weirdly, it's also how star the mass of stars in the universe works. Some of the stars have nearly all of the mass because they're the biggest stars, and then all of the other stars are very, very small. Right? There's less and less very, very big ones until you get to the one. There's only one, the biggest one. Okay, so that creates this triangle. And we can all feel terrible. We're all at the bottom with the rest of the losers like me in Cabbage Maths in fourth form, right? We all feel terrible there. But the reality is they're still up, right? So the classic example of someone at the top of a hierarchy is this person, right? And we're not going to have the argument tonight, Right? We're not going to have the argument tonight, but if we were to have that conversation about who's the goat, right, this person's name will be in the conversation unless you're talking to people who don't know anything about what they're talking about, right? <laughs> right? He's definitely, yeah, yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, now, the deal is this, the, this, this guy, Michael Jordan, at the top of the hierarchy of basketball, now, he's not just at the top, he's also at the bottom, because there's people in this room, right now, I'm not going to name names or point people out, but there are people in this room who have never played basketball. You don't, don't identify yourself, don't identify yourself, but you know who you are, right? And right now, you're wearing shoes with his picture on them, right? Someone's like, whoosh, Air Force Ones. is basically the same, right? Anyhow, here's the deal, here's the deal. No, don't panic. I'm wearing like handball shoes. Don't panic, right? Here, the deal is this. The, top, the person at the top of this hierarchy seems to fill the whole hierarchy, and Jesus works just the same. See, we can think, oh, Jesus is so up there, so out there, so hard to reach, but we've got to recognize that Jesus fills the whole hierarchy, and as we begin to follow Jesus, as we begin to listen to Jesus, it'll be just the same as if we started to have basketball lessons with Michael Jordan, right? Because he can lift us up. He can move us forward. If you just start watching, you don't need to know Michael Jordan. You could just start watching videos of Michael Jordan playing, and you'll get better at basketball. You don't even need to really know Jesus. Do you know what? If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you could just read the stories about him, and you're going to live a better life, right? You could join a basketball club, or you could join a little Jesus club like this one, Right. If you just join the Jesus Club, we all tell stories about Jesus and then we get better at being like him, which moves us to this place of flourishing and strength. Amen? Very, very good. Point number two, right? And this is for the people, all the one people out there writing down the points. Point number two is this. The bottom and the broken is blessed. See, the problem with the hashtag blessed, check out my Ferrari, is that it misses the point that your 1992 Toyota Starlet is just as blessed if the person driving it is in correct relationship with the creator of all things, right? The bottom and the broken is blessed. So let's read it. This is the Bible. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The blessed, and sometimes it just says this, blessed are the poor, right? You don't go around t- telling that to people that way, right? So if I'm out there on the side of the street playing a stringless guitar, Right? Don't just say, hey, you're blessed, right? Don't do that, right? You just pull it together, mate. You're blessed, right? No, blessed are the poor, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are those who mourn. I'm not gonna make any more jokes because that just felt wrong, that one, right? <laughs> blessed are those who mourn. Just, I'm just letting you know, I felt awkward with that one too, right? But it, it was there in the air. It had to be said, but then afterwards I felt like, nah. anyway, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek, For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. This is my favorite one. Just check this out. Ferrari, hashtag blessed. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things about you falsely on account of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad because your reward is great in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets before you in the same way. Right? So this picture of blessed, Jesus is speaking right in the bottom of what normal human hierarchies look like. You're blessed when you've got no resources, you're blessed when etc. 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 Right? When you've got less power, you're blessed when you hold back, you're blessed when you don't fight for things, you're blessed when people slap you, you're, you're blessed at the bottom of the hierarchy because God fills the whole hierarchy and draws us up. So here's that list, right? So there's poor, the poor, the, the, those who mourn, those a hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and the persecuted, right? That's our list. These are all blessed states of being, right? Moving on right? So the poor, right? Let's just, let's just read this, right? Because I put a lot of time into it. I just read it. Think about it. You can do the thinking. I'll do the reading, right? Okay, the poor. I don't have the resource to make it happen for myself. That's a blessed state of being. Because that means the thing that has to happen is bigger than your resource. That means you're engaged in something that's bigger than your bank account. How big is the bank account that would be big enough to do the thing that God wants you to do? That bank account's not big enough. So let's just engage with the fact we don't have the resource to do what God's called us to do. I don't have the energy. I don't have the strength. I don't have the money because God's called me to do something bigger than me. That's a blessing, isn't it? Right? Blessed are those who mourn. Because I'm doing something that's bigger than me. My, self, my belief in myself as a Savior has died. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness, because my belief in myself as a Savior has died, right, now I'm physically desperate for things to be made right. I can see that it wasn't their fault. And now my motivations to change are not mixed up with my need for personal advancement. Now I can work freely to build peace. There's nothing you can do to stop me. This is a blessed state of being, right? Now that I see Jesus more clearly at the top of the hierarchy, I can see that I don't have the resource to make it happen for myself. So my self-belief in myself as Savior has died More and more, I'm physically desperate for the things of God to be real in the world. I can feel it in my stomach. I can see that brokenness and evil wasn't their fault. Thou hurt like me. And so now my motivation's clear. My motivation to see change is not mixed up with my need for personal advancement. So now I can work freely to build peace. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. This is the blessed state of being. The blessed state of being in the middle of a broken world, at the bottom of a broken world, is that God is redeeming all things, right? And the blessed state connects us with the highest thing and draws us up the hierarchy. Okay? Point number one. Uh, We're just doing a recap. Point number one. There is up, and we didn't talk about this this morning, there is down. Du, 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 right? There is down. There are things that are worse than other things, right? Okay, this is the Star of David. It's the center of Hebrew religion that there's, there's this force that's trying to lift, and there's this force that's trying to destroy. And somehow God seems to work in the middle of the up and the down. Right? Moving on, because that's spooky, right? Okay, there's a story from the Bible, um, it's a story called, uh, either the story of Noah's Ark, or it's called Noah's Flood. It's probably a story of Noah's Ark, and there's another story in it, there's a story of the flood, right? It's really about the flood, right? And then the Ark is Noah's and God's response to the flood. Now, if there's a force that's caught, caught drawing us up the hierarchy, which is Christ himself, who is all things, right, and fills everything everywhere with his presence, there's an equally Balanced directionally, but not balanced in power. There's a balance directionally that draws us down. The Apostle Paul said this, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do do. That's not you though, right? All your dieting plans just work out perfectly, eh? All your exercise plans work out perfectly, right? All your um, uh, intimate relationships are always God-honoring. That's probably, I'll leave that one out next time, because that was a little bit close, hey? (laughs) Normally in church, we just keep it up here, right? But the reality is, it's about, hey, it's about right down to, right? So in the story of Noah, the Bible says that um, the whole world went crazy, and people did all sorts of things, and people did, um, Judges is another moment in history like this, but it says people did whatever was right in their own eyes, Right? But there was a distortion of a few things in the Noah story particularly. There was a distortion of identities, of what was up and what was down. Who was God and who was the demons? And people began to worship the demons. The drives and desires is one way to think about those demons, not the only way. People began to worship their drives and desires. Who could imagine a world like that? I can't think what that would be like. Right, it's almost like people could get whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, just to meet their own needs and desires. They could just get food delivered when they need it. Right? They could just they could just engage in all sorts of sexuality without any social consequence and do whatever they wanted. Right? And then the world begins to go crazy, and the whole world has to get flooded. Right? So this massive this massive deluge comes. This fluid fluidity comes. Right? There's this, all the landmarks are covered with water. We can't see what's real or what's, what's not real. We can't tell the difference between an AI video or a real video. We can't tell the difference between pornography and real intimate relationships. We can't figure out what's going on. We can't, we don't know who we are. We don't know who you are. We don't judge anyone, but we don't know where anything should go. So we what are we? We're all adrift. Right? For how long? Noah's in this boat for how long? For years, not for years, for days and days and days and days. Waiting to figure it out. There's all sorts of things that can happen that can cover all the landmarks. Now we don't know what we're doing. Now we don't know where we're going. You, fa- you fail one paper at university, and what happens? <laughs> Starts raining. Girlfriend breaks up with you. Right, it's probably It's probably for the best. It's not. It's not you. It's her. Right? Right? What's happening? Things start flooding. Oh, well, what am I supposed to do now that I failed this paper? Well, I thought we were going to be together forever. Right? Everything starts flooding. That was a, mu- a little musical interlude, but we're short on time. The, all the landmarks disappear. The things you thought you could rely on. The things you used to believe were true. Everything gets gets flooded out. And you don't know where you're going. You start, you, start, you do some papers at university, and you start engaging in Marxism and critical race theory and all these ideas from the 19th century. These stupid old ideas, right? But we're somehow we're bringing it back, right? Let's be Marxists again. Well, 100 million people died last time we did it, right? I don't think we should do it again, but anyhow, here we go, right? And the world gets flooded. Now we don't know what's up, we don't know what's down, Right? okay, and you're, you little you in the class and you're hearing these things that, that are deconstructing things for you, there's this force drawing you down. Well, I can be whatever I wanna be. Yes, you can be whatever you wanna be, but you need to be something because if you're just whatever you wanna be, that's what you are, wow. right? You, being whatever you wanna be is the same as being nothing, right? Fluidity, transition, all that sort of stuff, right? That's all in the story of Noah and the flood. It's a really old story. Turns out all these issues have been the same for humans forever, right? Uh, but the story ends with this ancient icon. There's a few things in this. Uh, where has the boat landed? On uh, Isn't that weird? They had this massive destructive process, and they they went to the bottom, this massive destructive process, and where they find themselves? Right at the top. This massive destructive process, somehow God used not just to save people, but to lift things right up. You've been through COVID recently. I don't know if you heard about this. This massive global pandemic has really changed things out there. If you you don't read the news much, you might not have heard about it, right? It's thrown everything in chaos and disorder. What I'm believing for is as the water settles, we're going to find ourselves in a higher place. Right? That can be true for you as an individual. It's true for us as a community of faith. Let's pray that it's true for us as a, as a city and as a nation, that God positions us up. That in the chaos and destruction, God, because God somehow in the top of this hierarchy, He's also in the bottom of it. Somehow in the bottom, God will redeem, restore, create all things. This other story where, the, where Jesus was lifted up and crucified, and this, the story is He went all the way to hell and destroyed the works of the enemy, and then was resurrected and then ascended to the Father. It's the same story as Noah's flood, right? Interesting, this arc shape at the top, I just want to draw your attention to it. It's the seal of God's promise that God's in existence in the middle between the good weather and the bad. When things are changing and you don't know what's going on it's starting to rain and things are getting misty are we going to be flooded again no God's promise is there when you don't know who you are you don't know what you're doing you don't know where you're going you don't know what you're going to study next you don't know where this relationship's going to go you don't know whether you'll ever get yourself under control you don't know whether you'll ever get that gym program working all those things are confusing and destabilizing the promise of God is that in those moments He's going to shine light through the changing space right? so you can find yourself and reorient yourself to what is good, reorient yourself to what is up, right, You ever say up. up, everyone say down. down, very good, now there was the involvement of a pigeon in this whole story, up until now I haven't introduced the pigeon, right, that's because he hasn't been important, now he's important, right, um, he's ref- the, these, are, these are called rock doves, now we call them pigeons, in the Bible they're called doves. Now we don't like them in the Bible. They were like the coolest of all birds, right? So it's one of the amazing things about the ancient world that this was the coolest of all the birds, right? Now, there's a whole bunch of reasons why this is the coolest of all the birds. and One of the ones is it's the most adapted to live in human environments, right? They love to be in the cities. And in fact, pigeon populations explode wherever there are buildings, strong buildings that they can nest in. Right, they're committed to these strong, high places that they can find homes in. Right? Well, Noah sends out a raven. Ravens are committed to finding dead meat—the lowest of the low. The raven didn't even come back because when you when you release the raven, it drags you down again. The raven's this desire for the dead meat. Right? You, can you join the dots? We don't, I don't, Do I need to list all the things that could be the dead meat that exists in your life? People can figure it out themselves, do you think? Auntie says you can figure it out yourself, right? right? But the, what does the dove do? The dove's finding dry land. The dove's finding the high places that have appeared in all the chaos. And what does the dove do? The dove brings us to the high place, brings us to the strong place, brings us to the dry place where we can establish ourselves. So point number three is the Holy Spirit leads us to dry land. Right, so God's at work in all the chaos. So if I don't know everybody here, so, but I want to say this really, really, really clearly. For, for, for wherever you think you fit in this picture between you and Jesus, or the devil and Jesus and you, let me assure you, somewhere between the two. Wherever you are in that space, whatever the chaos of your life is, right? Like I said right at the start, if you're in the... Uh, uh, Words give me the lyrics in the high in the in the, in the hilltops hilltops that's the mountains should be mountains but hilltops <laughs> right it should be specifically Ararat right. <laughs> Ararat and Sheol, if we can work that into a song, that'd be so much better. Ararat is such a singable lyric. In the Ararat or Sheol, right? (laughs) Wherever you are, the place of the dead or the high place of God, wherever you are in that space, I just want to say this, we're not judging you. Sheol, not Siri, Sheol, right? The Holy Spirit, though, who Christians truly are, are people who have seen Jesus and are moving towards him. We're still not very close, right? But the thing that makes us disciples is really the Holy Spirit within us, that the Holy Spirit can take us from the bottom all the way through to the top, right? The Holy Spirit connects us with the presence of God in a way that's transformative and powerful. So the question I wanna ask you as we're wrapping up, is, is what's your next step is the first question. So if you're in the valley, in, in the hilltops or in the valley, wherever you are, what's, what's, the, what's the thing God's working on in you? What's the shift in your attitude? What's the shift in your internal reality that needs to happen for you to be more like Jesus? What is, the, is there something you've heard Jesus say, but you don't do it? That's the next thing. If you haven't heard Jesus say anything, do you know what the next thing is? Doing some listening at Jesus, right? Because he's saying things all the time. Some people ask, oh, how do I connect with Jesus? Do you know, the, the most straightforward process is, and I think the only process, is prayer and scripture and community, with other Christians. With that's the basketball team. Prayer, scripture, and other people. God will speak in those spaces, calling you up. Right? So it might be the next thing you need to do is figure out how do I build prayer and scripture and community into my world. Oh, it sounds, it sounds pretty hard though, doesn't it? How hard is it to read the Bible every day? People say that it's easy. It's easy. You can read the Bible any day. It's on the app, right? I found it very hard. I'm actually a good reader. I can, do all, I can do most of the words, all of the letters. I can do all the letters, most of the words. But it's not easy because it would be easy, except that there is up and there is down. There's things in you and things outside you that are trying to prevent you from hearing Jesus. Right. So when we talk in in, in religious terms about battling the devil, that looks like alarm goes off, tablet open. This is what battling the devil looks like for me. Alarm goes off, tablet open, start 10 minute timer, start reading Bible. That's battling the devil. Get in car to drive to work, start 10 minute timer, pray in tongues right? Say Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hello. Do, I say, do you know what I say the Lord's Prayer every day? Right? I've got a timer. I pray in tongues for 10 minutes, then I say the Lord's Prayer. Right? Sometimes I pray more things, but every day I pray at least that. Right? Why? Because I want to battle. Do you know, just, in, just like you, inside me, there are forces that drag me down. Right? And I need to battle and to hear, not the force, but the voice that draws me up, the sound that draws me up. Because how can I be in tune with the sound that I can't hear? How can God stretch and straighten me to be who God's calling me to be if I can't hear His voice in my world? Amen.